This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. My name is Hilary Ashton, and I'm an English PhD candidate at the Grad Center. Today, I'm interviewing Jana Scrabis, who received her master's from the Comparative Literature Program in 2015. She is currently a comedy producer at Impractical Jokers. So welcome to Alumni Aloud. Thank you so much for having me. I like to start off by asking folks to choose at least one adjective to describe themselves. Yes, okay. Um, I, I hate to say it, but it's not even an adjective. Type A, I would say. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. probably comes to mind. <laughs> it's hard to just pick one. I know that's, I I've learned to give people the option of more than one, just because some people are like, Oh my God, I don't, you're asking yeah. me to fill my whole personality. And you, that's not what we're here to make you do. Yeah. Well, uh, cause it's like, if you pick something fun, it's like my whole personality revolves <laughs> around zany. Right. right. <laughs> totally. How would you describe what you do for a living? Um, I am a comedy writer for TV, but uh, I mostly write for semi-scripted slash unscripted shows. And the way that works in the world of TV is then that I get to be called a comedy producer um, instead of a writer because reality and semi-scripted and game show type shows don't really have writers. They have producers who write. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's so I come from an improv background. So the shows I've worked on, at least I can only speak to the shows I've worked on, but they're like super collaborative and the actors and the performers, the the cast um, are always like mostly improvising their own stuff and and writing their own stuff. And the writing that we do is sort of like idea generating and sort of supplementary material that then they use sometimes. And oh, cool. Sometimes they riff off of it. It's really fun. Yeah. So you, so you don't know exactly what you're going to see them do. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you have no idea. And it's also so fun because sometimes I'll write like a line and I don't know in my head where it's going to go after that. And then I'll see them take that and make it 10 times funnier than it was in my head. You know, they'll just like blow it out. They'll, they'll spend longer kind of like milking the comedy of whatever the joke is. And it's really fun to see that happen. What is your academic background? So I went to Penn State and got my English degree there. And then a couple of years later, came to the CUNY Graduate Center and got my comparative literature master's. Were you doing comedy while in grad school? Yes, I was. So yeah, the, the other sort of like education that I had was probably the Upright Citizens Brigade in New York, which was sort of like mm-hmm. the other grad school for comedy that I was in at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah, a famous very, alumni from there. Yes. It's a, it was a great theater to be part of. Unfortunately, it was a, a fallen uh, uh-huh. soldier of the pandemic in 2020. It closed pretty quickly. So there's not a New York UCB anymore, but there might be an LA one. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. That's like, I've been, lived in New York for a while and it's hard to imagine like even that area of the city without it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right before the pandemic too, not right before, but a couple of years before we moved the 
UCB Chelsea Theater to Hell's Kitchen. So even mm-hmm. that was sort of a weird change because I think, it, you know, anyone that kind of knows UCB in New York, I think kind of associates it with the Chelsea under the yeah. supermarket theater. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like a blue, yeah. Um, that's a cool interplay of humanities grad school and and comedy comedy work. It yeah. seems like they complement each other in some good ways. Yeah, I think I did one or two papers on <laughs> like the, uh, my philosophical thoughts on comedy <laughs> um, for grad school. Yeah, they they were similar experiences um, in many ways, where you're kind of like trying to make a make friends and network, but without really networking, you're truly just like making connections in the mm-hmm. community that you're a part of. So and and pursuing, I think you know, comedy and a lot of the PhDs that, you know, we're pursuing, they're like, they're tough jobs to, to get on the other side of whatever the adventure is. So it's like a lot of people that are like, I can't see myself doing anything else. So I've Mm got to go all in for this and at least try. That's a, that's a useful way to think about it. You mentioned a couple of these already, but what would you say are some of the skills that you use in your work? Um, well, I really value um, my English degree and my comparative literature degree because I feel like there's any job that you have uh, that's like an office type setting, being able to write well and being able mm-hmm. to read critically are like the two kind of most crucial skills that I've had, I think. So definitely as simple as it seems, like being a good writer, being a good mm-hmm. reader, Um and so are you asking about like skills that I got out of my degree or just like skills in general that I use at work? Just in general. Yeah. It doesn't okay. have to be from yeah, grad school. Um, in this particular job, um, I'm a, I would say uh, I'm a comedy producer for um, Impractical Jokers. Um, and I would say, <laughs> that's a tough one. You have to be like, <laughs> you have to be creative and silly and, you know, come up with like really dumb ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what, I don't know, joke telling skill set. Um, <laughs> but really there's a lot of writing and just, just like yeah. basic writing, like format this document the right way. Like I have to be able to use PowerPoint, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> things you wouldn't think go into joke telling, but they do. Yeah. A lot of, lot of scaffolding there. Yeah. Um, what does a typical workday look like for you? So, uh, I used to go into the office, um, five days a week. And and there was like a big kind of conference room that all the writers sat at around a big table. And that was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun Mm -hmm. now since, uh, since March, 2020, it's been a virtual mostly. So I stand at my, um, bedroom dresser, which I call my standing desk, (laughs) which is what you're looking at right now. Um, and I am usually on Zoom in the morning with uh, the other writers and we'll kind of talk about what we're going to do for the day and then brainstorm a bit, um, maybe come up with new ideas. And then a lot of the day is like write on your own too or or respond to like whatever request uh-huh. has come up. Um, and then sometimes I get to be on set. That's probably like once every uh, week or every other week. Um, and that's fun. It just like breaks up the kind of aloneness uh-huh. of the apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and and writing i mean even in that sort of collaborative setting of you know there are other writers and you talk to them i mean writing can be so isolating <laughs> yes i mean it's so great to have a group of people that are on a text chain that you can bounce ideas off of and mm -hmm. you know i i feel like for me too it's like I need someone else to start with an idea. Like, Hey, what if we did this? And then I can go, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That made me think of this and this and this mm -hmm. but when I'm on my own and just like, okay, think of something funny or original or creative. I, I can't, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need someone else to get the ball rolling. And then, you know, other people start to unlock like, Oh, we could do something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that iteration. Yeah. Really and it's nice to, nobody's ever like really harsh or critical or anything, but sometimes you'll pitch an idea and you could just kind of tell the reactions like, eh. <laughs> and that's really good. Cause even as you're saying it, sometimes you're like, I want to stop saying this idea. <laughs> what was the process of doing this as work? Like, how did you move from doing grad school and comedy to comedy writing and producing? So, I mean, it, it mostly came out of my UCB experience. It's, it was really about making friends and doing my own comedy shows and doing my own writing and just learning, I don't know what works on stage and what doesn't over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. then uh, applying to jobs as they came up and you know, it started with like really, really small things like uh, that, that at the time were amazing opportunities to me, you know, like mm -hmm. an, an unpaid opportunity to, to write something small. Great. I'll take it. Sure. Um, and then, you know, gradually as, as you apply to more things, you get more things and you just like, uh, you have to, <laughs> the law yeah. of averages means you mm -hmm. have to. Um, and then gradually the opportunities would get like kind of more exciting and um, more d devastating when you didn't get the job, but mm -hmm. eventually, you know, if you just keep, uh, responding to opportunities as they come, you'll get something that is the right fit for you. And, um, then usually that job leads to the next one if it, if it goes okay. Mm -hmm. So like building on these successes and these experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause also that, it, you know, that experience prepares you for the next opportunity and the next success. Like you can't, mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't have jumped into the job that I have. Um, like, you know, the first day of mm -hmm. taking comedy one one I would have like been given the opportunity and I would have failed terribly. <laughs> Maybe some people can't, I, I could not, I was not ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what part of your job energizes you the most? I, love my job. So there's not really a part of it that isn't mm -hmm. fun. Um, but what energizes me the most? Uh, I guess, um, when you're kind of in a group brainstorm and you're pitching ideas back and forth and everybody's just laughing, like, I feel like that's not something, especially since I stopped performing uh, on stage and I, I don't do improv anymore. I just like, haven't been doing stuff on stage that like opportunity to all laugh together about something stupid. <laughs> it's such a good feeling. Anytime I'm like in a group of people, whether not at work or just like watching a show and you have that, like I'm laughing and crying moment. Like, this is so funny that I'm crying. That's the best oh. part of my day. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you kind of touched on this, but what are some of the challenges of your job? Working in a creative environment, I think this is common, but you have to kind of be willing to just let your ideas go and you have to be really mm-hmm. flexible about things changing um, all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes at the very, very last minute, and it's just like, nothing's precious. It, it, it just has to uh-huh. be something that you hear that this is changing and you go like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you have to immediately redirect to like, what is the need now? If, if we don't like this anymore, what, what's like the next thing that's sort of being asked of me? Cause if you dwell on like, oh man, I thought that that idea was so fun. Um, uh-huh. you're not going to be very helpful <laughs> to deal right. with the new problem. So that's, I mean, that's definitely hard, uh, for me, but it, everyone that I work with on this job, at least is like really flexible and kind of patient and just down to roll with whatever change is happening. So it's, it's easier just to be like, all right, I'll be like you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's I was thinking it's easier to do that if you're in an environment of people doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's made me not really want to be part of environments that are super like critical of uh-huh. something needing to change. Cause it just, it's, it starts to feel like, why do we need to, to worry about this? It's, it's not happening anymore. We need to just let it go and move on. <laughs> right. Like let's use the energy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But that's not like a skill set that necessarily came naturally to me early on in in like writing. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's something that uh, I think is a good thing to have now. But I had to like build build up to that. <laughs> it takes practice to let stuff roll up. Mm-hmm. At this point, also, I've had so many rejections of of things that it's like just goes hand in hand with writing for me at this point that it's like, Oh, you hated that. Of course, of course uh-huh. <laughs> I'll try again. <laughs> with something yeah. Totally different. And that's the skill too. I mean, that takes for some of us quite a bit of practice <laughs> to have like a thick skin. About okay stuff. With- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to, to have a thick skin and to be able to think about like, you know, not immediately go to my, it's because my idea was bad, but to think of the other, you know, the many other reasons they might have said no, that don't reflect on you as a person or, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for a long time, the thing that kept me going was like every so often in between rejections, I would get like an email that was like, Hey, just so you know, we were, you know, tossing your name around and it's like, okay, they wouldn't have said that if I was like, if they thought I should quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so those little like, okay, I'm not like being made fun of for submitting. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Okay. Yeah. Glimmer of hope. Um, but it's, it's hard not to, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've gotten to a point where I can totally like separate myself from a rejection sometimes. And that like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of times like ego is tied up into it in a way where you're like, I don't just think my paper was bad. I like, I think I'm bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to just kind of tell yourself that's not true. Yeah. Cause, cause it's something that you made that came out of your brain, but the, um, I mean, I'm thinking about also like I do some 
freelance sort of cultural criticism and journalism. Uh And there are places I have pitched where it's like, you might get a yes, you might get a no. Hundreds of other people also want to publish in these places, you know, and um, totally. Yeah. I remember one, one person said to me early on, and I have no idea if this is true, but it's like the thing that I've held close to my heart since I heard it. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like what I base everything on, which was like, you know, for every one person accepted to Harvard, there are like three equally good candidates. And at a certain point, it just comes down to luck, whether you're of the, the group that was good Mm -hmm. enough, whether you're the one out of four that was randomly picked. And I really feel like that's true about anything that's a competitive field, like, like writing is Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, I'm, it's not that I'm like, not there. I just haven't been the lucky one yet to get this little break. Yeah. What are some things you've written or some experiences you've had um, kind of on the other emotional side of what we've been talking about that you're like really proud of? Uh Um, One of my first pieces that I got published was in um, College Humor has a site called Dropout that's like a paid subscription site. Um, Mm -hmm. And I got to write a it was basically a text series. So you could read it um, on your phone, like as though you were reading text messages between people. And it was such a cool format to write in. It was like incredibly liberating. I could, um, because there was no, there were no actors, you know, nobody was, it didn't have to be animated other than the text. So I got to like really let my imagination run wild. And remember that was the first piece I ever wrote that I was like, this feels like 100% my sense of humor. Um, and they liked it, which was cool. And that was uh-huh. that was like one of the first times I got paid to write. And I also at the time was like, they're paying me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and another one of those metrics that changes the, the more you do it. But yeah, it does still oh, feel yeah. really <laughs> that first. <laughs> Whatever the amount is, that first amount is like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, it's huge every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, that was great. And I, I love writing for Impractical Jokers. It's a, it's really a great and fun show. So, and uh, yeah, I have some, some other projects that are hopefully going to be coming out, but you know, it's, it's one of those, like, until it's actually released, you never know. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. You've kind of given pieces of advice throughout, but do you have any specific advice for folks who might be interested in doing similar work to yours? Uh, yeah, like it's a great piece of advice. Um, yeah, I would say finding people that you think are better than you at whatever it is you want to do and surrounding yourself with those people. And I, Mm. I didn't necessarily intentionally do that, but I, I felt like I just kept ending up in circles of people that were like funnier than me and smarter than me. And I was like, great, this is good because I'm going to have to work hard to kind of keep up with all of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really, like, I feel like it just, whatever it is that you want to do, if you're around people that make you have to level up a little bit, you're going to get to their level eventually. And then, you know, hopefully there's another opportunity that you can take and then jump in with a crowd of people who are maybe there. It's a different kind of set of skill 
skill set that you in your same industry that you can learn from that group of people. Um, but that that's definitely part of it. And and also like I never thought of things in the comedy world as networking opportunities. It was always just like, you seem fun, or like it'd be fun mm-hmm. to collaborate on something with you. We should put something up. And those were always the opportunities that ended up leading to something cool was the stuff that mm-hmm. I like wanted truly wanted to do for fun. The stuff that I did because I felt like it would help me or I I had to say yes, that stuff never led to anything productive. Yeah. That, and that's great. I love that way of like, even though it sort of is networking, not thinking of it as that word, because it is very intimidating for a lot of folks to like, oh no, I have to make this meaningful connection. But when you let go of the the meaning, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's less stressful and it's more fun in that way that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And also like having a couple really great and significant friendships and partnerships and collaborations, those are the things that are really going to be valuable to you. Not in, not only in terms of like opportunities down the road, but like just in making you better at whatever mm-hmm. you're doing and having like 50 very, very casual acquaintances, like those mm-hmm. aren't the people that are going to think of you when there's like a really great opportunity and they need a partner for it. It's the people you're like truly working with and collaborating with. Of course, it's like good to have a big network too, but I think like the real friendships are the more important things personally. Yeah. It's a nice metaphor for life too. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> now that I'm down to um, the two remaining friends I have. <laughs> yeah. It's been a weird time of like, what is friendship and what, like, <laughs> yeah. like what I seen this friend in two years, but I think they're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. All of this sort of relearning, rethinking about things that nobody really had the energy for, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my standard last question is what do you think is the future of your field? Um, oh. And you can kind of define that any way you want. <laughs> the future of TV. <laughs> I think it has a bright future. I'll tell you what. I think, I think people like it and I think it's really going to keep going. I think it's going to take off in the next couple of years. The kids seem to like it. <laughs> kids love it. Yeah, you know, we got all the demographics covered. <laughs> oh, God, especially in this weird time we're living through. Like, what would where would any of us be without televised entertainment? <laughs> television? Seriously, I, I don't know. You know, the funny thing is too, I always like watched so much reality TV and my husband would be like, you need to watch scripted things. You need to watch scripted comedy. You want to be a television writer. And you know what? Guess who got a job uh-huh. in reality television? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, the only thing I'll say truly about the future of TV is like, I guess... Um, it feels like there's just more and more opportunities because there's so much more content to truly like do weird things. And for these like mm-hmm. niche shows to become really successful, it feels like it's um, a lot of places are taking chances on really like new weird content. So I bet we'll see a lot of stuff like how to with John Wilson and uh, oh. little shows like that. They're that like, wow, this feels different. God, that show 
hit me right in the heart. <laughs> yeah. It's so offbeat. Like I, I just, it really does its own thing. And I love that. Yeah. The first, first season, especially partly because of when it aired and, you know, everyone like really still being stuck inside. Um, but yeah. the, the second season also was just, oh, and cause I'll, you know, the second season you're like, okay, he did this big thing that like got all these great write-ups. Like hopefully he can match that. And <laughs> I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a hard follow-up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, and yeah, that's a really challenging thing about any show too. Like whether you're in season two or, you know, the show I'm working on is heading into season 10. It always feels like, how do you follow that up? Like wow. did, we did all the ideas, we did all of them, <laughs> but somehow like the people around you just keep coming up with new stuff and you're like, all right, I guess it's possible. There's still one or two ideas out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. That's really nice. Oh, that's a nice note to end on. There's more ideas out there. Um, so don't despair yes. even when writer's block or what have you is. <laughs> Very true. Yes, there um, are always more ideas. And even if someone takes your good idea, they're not taking like you and your creativity. I always tell myself that like, mm-hmm, okay, that was one mm-hmm. idea. I've got, I've got 50 more good ones, probably mm-hmm. maybe 49 at this point, <laughs> but that's really nice and a really good lesson for everyone, um, no matter their field. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Um, well, I really appreciate you having me on Hillary. It was really nice to talk to you. Um, yeah. I, um, had a really fun time. Amazing. Me too. Record. 